BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Hey, everybody. Before we get into this week's episode, just wanted to say that we all watched Spider-Man No Way Home, and we are going to spoil it at the top of the show. So this is your warning. Check the show notes. I'm going to put a timestamp there when you can tune back into the episode and listen to it without spoiling it for yourself. So if you're listening to my voice right now and you do not want to be spoiled, check the show notes, please, and look for that timestamp and you should be good to go. All right. Thanks. Enjoy the show. He works in nuclear research. He's a nuclear scientist? Well, not exactly. So we inject them with nuclear waste, and then we study their brain waves and other organs to examine the effects of the nuclear waste on various species of anthropoids. But tell me, they're playing tic-tac-toe and the chimpanzee appears to be winning. How is this possible? Because the monkey is smarter. Welcome to They Call This a Movie, testing the strength of friendships one terrible movie at a time. Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes and other podcast. Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes and other podcast services by searching They Call This a Movie. We are part of the Main Damien Network. To find more from us, check out the website at themaindamien.com or on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at the Main We're also now a proud member of Geek Vibes Nation. You can find them at gvnation.com. Welcome back to They Call This a Movie. This is Anthony Delvecchio. With me, as always, is Dan Aquino and Mark Meyer. Say hello, gentlemen. Hey, how's it going, guys? Hello, everyone. Um, I think we might have finally found a movie that we may all hate really badly. Yep. Uh, Spider-Man No Way Home. Yep. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> right on, Dan. We're going to take the hot takes so that we get people to hate watch our stuff. Yeah. I get it. There you go. Yep. Uh, yeah, this is a bad one this week. So before we get into that, we'll talk about what we watched this week. And I think we've all decided that we're just going to talk about one thing because we've all yeah. watched the big thing. So, gentlemen, I'll start with Dan. What did you watch this week? I watched Spider-Man No Way Home. Yep. As did all of us. Yes. Yeah. And what did you think? I loved it. I very much enjoyed myself. It was a... uh, I have to see it again to kind of rank it, see where it ranks. But it's up there for sure. It's definitely easily top 10. Um, Man, I, I, are we doing spoilers or are we just we kind of just doing a broad non spoiler? Oh, we can, uh, we'll p- post a spoiler warning, but yeah, you could spoil it, I think. Okay. Uh, yeah, uh, so the villains were phenomenal. For uh, the, the big, 
the big two villains, I, I'll say, um, Melina and Defoe, reprising their roles as uh, Doc Ock and Green Goblin. Yeah. Fantastic. Just stole the show. Um, I lo- And I also liked Jamie Foxx as Electro. I think they did him real dirty in The Amazing Spider-Man 2. Um, yeah, and they, and they made the... They made a point to let you know it throughout the entire movie this one yeah yeah i i liked that he he had a lot of uh he he chewed the scenery very very well uh, he was very he was more django-esque yeah. in this movie it was very you know very cool played played everything kind of cool and uh he he was fun uh, and then of course you know seeing uh toby and andrew garfield reprise their roles as their respective yeah. spider-men fantastic um it, it wasn't the perfect movie I, I know a lot of people are saying oh 10 out of 10 10 out of 10 best marvel movie yeah. ever uh i i can't say it's the best marvel movie ever um but it, it's it's close it's real close um it, it dragged in a, a couple parts um i thought in some of the some of the other villains kind of lackluster you know sandman lizard uh they were just kind of probably could have done without them honestly uh but yeah oh man just seeing the three of them kind of swinging together at the end scene and the banter back and forth between them was fantastic andrew garfield got his moment uh might have been my favorite part of the movie when he he gets his moment with uh mj mm-hmm. uh i actually i i kid you not i teared up a little bit i teared up a little bit seeing how emotional he got and but again, you kind of you kind of saw it coming a mile away. But still, it's what that moment meant to him. Fantastic. Yeah, um, yeah I loved it. Yeah, great, Mark. Yeah, so on the same boat as Dan. It it, it probably is in my top three of Marvel movies. Um, it's going to take a lot to unseat Winter Soldier. Um, it, it, you know, in my mind. But this was as, probably as close as it's been in a while. Um, I really really enjoyed it. Um, the Electro does and Sandman do deliver probably my favorite line amongst the villains um, is when they talk about how they both became what they did. And, you know, I fell in a vat of electric electric eels. He's like, well, I fell in a a collider. And Jamie Foxx goes, got to watch where you fall. And Mm -hmm. it it just made me I was the only one in my row laughing. But for some reason, that line really got me. And I thought it was it was well done. That whole scene inside the apartment. Um, with all the villains there, with with some some really uh, good writing and probably one of the best uses of the spider senses that I've seen um, in any of the movies. Uh, I think the the way they introduce the the Spider Man's Spider Men, um, Spiders Man, like what, do we know the plural? Does, I would say Spider Men. Yeah. Yep. Um, Introduced them was great. I think Andrew Garfield steals the show as um, among the Spider-Men um, when they're together. He they let him shine a little bit because, you know, um, his movies aren't as well regarded as the other ones. But um, or he could just be the better actor of the three. God knows. I don't know. Um, mm-hmm. uh, that whole the whole scene in um, Ned's house where he's sticking to the ceiling and then he, the grandma is oblivious and just like, can you get that cobweb for me? You know, it's, yeah, it's just, fun. it's just perfect. And then the, uh, and then the two of them fighting when Toby comes through because they both get spider sense um, mm-hmm. is great. Uh, yeah. I think the, I think they, they did something like almost impossible um, in terms of making it all work and not feel bloated um, in there. Every, the each, each Spider-Man, had its point for being in there and had a reason to, you know, help Tom Holland's Peter. Um, you know, they help him get over Aunt May by explaining that they've lost people really close to them. Um, and I'm glad they brought up, you know, about um, Gwen Stacy, um, which from seeing the trailers, I knew where that was kind of going once that moment happened. It's like, oh, that's who catches MJ in the trailer. Yeah. Um, but I think my... F- my singular favorite moment of the three of them is when they swing down and land on the shield or whatever, and they each do their pose. Um, I don't know if you caught that. Yeah, it was um, it was awesome. I, I yeah. think they land on uh, it's I think it's Statue of Liberty's head, head or something. Yeah, yeah. they each do their pose. Um, that was great. Um, I don't know. Um, the only thing that distracted me about Doctor Strange is that wig was terrible <laughs> that he that wore. Wig? Yeah, that was in in the op- in the opening scene. Looks like a reshot with a wig when Amazing. they first meet. Um, the second one, when he's on Statue of Liberty, looks natural. 
Um, but yeah, it just looks too clean. And yeah, I was like, oh man. I was like, it's not as bad as the mustache from Superman, but um, yeah. But uh, you know, that whole introduction. Um, I I'll, I'll I'll pass this along to Ant just with the final thing is I've heard some people not really like how the ending occurs, um, but I think I really liked where they left it. I think it's the perfect place to leave it. There's some holes, but um, you got to suspend disbelief in some things. Uh, but um, I think, you know, having him be on his own and seeing that his friends are okay um, uh, is sort of the right place to leave it. For me, I really liked it. Um, but with some trepidation, I'm not willing to put this in my top three, top five yet because I don't know how well it's going to age just in terms of watching it again, repeat viewings and those surprises, how, however much of a surprise they were or were not, how much that's going to carry over to repeat viewings because Otherwise, I do have like I, I enjoyed all that kind of stuff, but at the same time, I keep saying, "Is is this just a fan service movie?" Because um, the plot isn't really that important to me while watching it. I had a great time in spite of not caring about the plot. Um, I thought I thought the conceit of just getting everything to come together was a bit weak. Like all of a sudden, Doctor Strange is like distracted by peter parker come on like that's you're supposed yeah. to be you're supposed to be like the sorcerer supreme regardless of uh what who really has the title in this movie um so i mean obviously it's just uh, in service of the plot you know you got to get from you got to get everything off and you know it was it, they figured it out well enough but i thought that was a little weak um i really liked all three spider-man showing up i like, you know, I don't really care for the Amazing Spider-Man movies, but, you know, made this made me care about Andrew Garfield's Spider-Man. So that's great. Um, I felt like Jamie Foxx wasn't in the same movie as everybody else. I felt like he was just off the set of Baby Driver because he's playing Jamie Foxx in this. Or he's playing Motherfucker Jones. Yeah. Really? <laughs> I loved it. I, I, th- I think it was such a step forward i mean again the amazing spider-man 2 not a good movie in any regards so it's so much easier to fix that character but was it a fix i mean oh yeah i think so i just i just didn't really feel like he was playing a character i felt like he was playing jamie fox is that is that solving the problems of electro yeah, I, I would say so, because he had, in The Amazing Spider-Man 2, he was just like this hapless nerd who, his whole identity was like how much he loved Spider-Man. And in this one, it's just, now he's actually, he has a purpose to being there. He he wants to stay. He's, I guess, they make him cooler, is, is what Fix was. He's just, he's cooler. <laughs> yeah, looks I mean, better. Yeah. I, I guess the design was way better. Yeah, I mean, he was the third best villain, but that's not saying yeah. that. I, I like Alfred Molina and Willem Dafoe were great in it. I really enjoyed them. Uh, I, you know, I had no problems with Spider-Man. I, I, I gave it an eight, uh, but I'm just worried that it's kind of going to fall apart when put under a, a microscope of sorts. That's really my my kind of weirdness. But, uh, you know, I'm, I'm not saying I'm going to hate it. I'm just saying maybe it'll be like a seven, seven and a I, half. I think what... I, I realized about Spider-Man movies and especially this one. Obviously, we have the old story of Uncle Ben kicking the bucket, you know, telling Peter, great power, great responsibility. And it's sad, obviously, but you in every Spider-Man movie up until the No Way, uh, you know, the home series or whatever they're going to call it, uh, the home trilogy. You only get one, you, you get one movie and a couple of scenes of Uncle Ben. So you got three movies of Aunt May in this. And that is a little bit more impactful when she dies. And it's, I thought the plot was, it, it definitely stuck truer to Spider-Man's mythos where he does everything he possibly can to save everybody, including the villain. Mm-hmm. Uh, in, in the comic books, he's always trying to like help the the people trying to kill him uh he he doesn't drop them off buildings you know he doesn't just you know stab them blah 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 he and and that's what i thought was really impressive is 
and he and he wanted to kind of get rid of them and it wasn't his problem but Aunt May coming in and kind of showing him the ropes like this is what it takes to be Spider-Man and up until this point he didn't he had not sacrificed anything Peter and obviously that's one of the main things of Spider-Man is something has to be sacrificed for him to be Spider-Man uh, I thought they did a very good job of getting that message across uh, there's a, it's a, it's definitely an emotional movie um, I agree. It's it's definitely has a bunch of fan service in it. You know, uh, 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 Willem Dafoe's Green Goblin saying the old meme. You know, I'm somewhat of a scientist myself. Um, mm-hmm. Tobey Maguire when he runs into uh, Doc Ock at the end, and you know, oh, I'm just doing better every day. Like an old line from Spider-Man Two. Uh, they even have the the meme of the three of them pointing at each other at the uh, on the Statue of Liberty. Right. Uh, yeah, it's definitely fan service in a way, but there's some really great shots too. There's so so many cool shots. Just one that sticks out in my mind. It's like peak Spider-Man is is Holland in Times Square, mask off. It's raining, and he's just looking at this giant billboard of J. Jonas Jameson just talking shit about him. Mm-hmm. And there's you know public enemy signs everywhere, and it's like holy fuck, man. That's that's a great shot. Look, that's Spider-Man right there. Yeah. Uh, the three of them swinging, like running off the uh, the plank together. God damn it, man! Like I, I marked out. I was <laughs> dying in the. Th- I was like, I was like grabbing my wife's shoulder. Like, holy shit, are you watching this? Yeah, I, I, I definitely. Yeah. I'm looking at this through the lens of obviously someone who loved Raimi movies. Uh, I, I like Andrew Garfield. I did not like his movies. And just because he's good in this movie does not reconcile those movies. Does mm-hmm. that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. So Restore the anim- uh, the Amazing yeah. Spider-Man movies. Yeah. yeah. Like, oh, we got to get him back in it. Mm, do, do we? We don't need to. Maybe let's just pump the brakes. He was good in this. Let's yeah. kind of let him walk off into the yeah. sunset. Right. Let this be his redemption. Yeah. He, he doesn't need any more movies. Yeah. No. Uh, yeah. The- the one thing I want to point out that I don't know that I learned that I didn't notice when I saw it, but by listening and reading other things is that, um, you know, they did some uh, how unnoticeable the de-aging was um, on Alfred Molina and William Defoe um, for them. Apparently, they did a lot of work on that. Mm. Um, I didn't. Good. Yeah, I didn't notice it that they did it. Um, so that either means it was really good or I haven't seen photos of those two recently. Yeah, I think I think there is a difference between making old older guys look like less old but still kind of old guys versus yeah, yeah. making Robert De Niro look like a twenty five year old. Yeah. Oh man, that, that was yeah. a bad look. Yeah. And it also, I came to this realization afterwards that I was thinking about why they picked the villains they picked, especially the last two, and then I realized it's because they wanted one villain from each of the movies, the older mm-hmm. movies. Sure. Yeah, and I was like, "Oh, that's why Lizard's in it." Because <laughs> uh, yeah. wasn't wasn't Goblin in Amazing Spider-Man one? Uh, no, no. Well, so Lizard. yeah, was Lizard, Lizard was Amazing Spider-Man one, and then Dane DeHaan's Goblin shows up at the end of Amazing Spider-Man two. Okay, yeah. I knew there was a Goblin at some point. Yeah, it, quote unquote Goblin. Yeah, it's in the loosest sense. <laughs> yeah. Okay, what about the the uh, the Matt Murdock cameo? Oh, that was pretty oh yeah, cool. we, we <laughs> yeah. I, I enjoyed that. Yeah. yeah, and yeah. It, that, it didn't overstay its welcome. No, not at all. I mean, I think it, it's it's great, and it's more important for like the overarching M- MCU, you know, crossing over into TV, finally crossing over into uh, the films, you know. Yeah, and obviously there's some other ones that have just happened too. My, uh, I think so. I, I I would say my favorite scene of the movie, like I said, was. Garfield, Spider-Man saving MJ. Uh, my favorite line of the movie is when the, all three of the Spider-Men are, are working together and they're kind of getting in each other's way. They're not used to working in a team. So Holland's Spider-Man says, I've been, I've been on a team. I worked with the Avengers. And, and Toby goes, that's great. What are they? <laughs> I, was like, I was hoping they would bring up like, oh, you know, these guys don't know anything about this universe. So they're, you know, there is no Captain America or Iron Man or anything like that. It's like just the the enthusiasm. Oh, that's great! No, who are those people? Right, I, I love that. Yeah, yeah. They, they had uh, they had some good stuff in there. I again, I need to see it again, but it's it's definitely top ten. Yeah, it, it's a really good movie. It's fun, but it's just like 
is it fun? Is is it like a hollow fun? I suppose is what I'm kind of right. saying. Yeah, almost like a. Um, I think I mentioned it before, but like a, a recency bias kind of thing. Yeah, you just saw it. Uh, yeah, I, it very well could be because you know, ten, fifteen years from now, you know, if if I have a kid, you have a kid, Mark has a kid, watching these movies, it might not mean as much, you know, because like, oh, all right, well. What's the importance of Tobey Maguire and Andrew Garfield Spider-Man? Yeah. It means nothing to them because right. they didn't grow up with the Raimi and the uh, uh, the Mark Webb movie. Yeah. It means something to us, goddammit. <laughs> That's all that matters, as long as it means something to you. Yeah, get off my nuts, future kid. <laughs> <laughs> all right, yeah, uh, I think that, that kind of wraps it up for our Spider-Man No Way Home talk. Uh, we're going to take a quick break. And you guys are going to list some ads so we can pay those bills and we'll be back in a second. And welcome back. Now it's time to get into this week's movie. And this week was our Christmas Twitter poll. And we pitted three terrible sequels against each other. We pitted uh, Jingle All the Way 2, Christmas Story 2. Those two all lost. And we, and we blame you for it, the listeners and the voters on Twitter. And also a little bit of Tom, because he mentioned this movie, and that's the reason why we had this Twitter poll. Uh, we wound up watching Christmas Vacation 2, colon, Cousin Eddie's Christmas Island Adventure. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> gentlemen, where are you coming from with Christmas Vacation 2, Cousin Eddie's Christmas Island Adventure? Dan. I legitimately debated not doing this podcast tonight. <laughs> I, I was thinking about, I was like, I don't want to do this. I really don't, I don't, there's nothing to record here. I don't, not that there's not an episode in it. It just, this made me angry, this movie. Did this ruin Christmas for you? It's very close. <laughs> it's very close. You just gotta go watch Lord of the Rings. Buddy. Yeah, I, well, I, yeah, I still need to finish Return of the King. I gotta watch that. Uh, but holy shit, man. Wow. This, I don't think I've ever seen uh, a movie, like uh, such a clearer example of a movie that had no business being made. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I've seen all the Terminators after Terminator 2, and a lot of those movies didn't deserve it. This movie might be the number one pick for why on earth. Who put money towards this? There are people, there are starving children out there. That money for Christmas Vacation 2, Cousin Eddie's Island Adventure should have gone to feed them. This movie was horrendous. Yeah. <laughs> so I, hear, I love the passion in your voice tonight. <laughs> <laughs> I'm fired up, man. This <laughs> I was I was in pain watching I, like the the entire time I'm sitting there, I was like oh come on hurry <laughs> it was, every scene takes forever and none every of the scene, jokes land I didn't cr- I did not crack one smile there was no. there was no laughter to be had on this desolate wasteland of a movie it's almost twenty years old too we're coming up on its twentieth anniversary two thousand and three. <laughs> Uh, what about you, Mark? Where are you coming from? Yeah, so as angry as Dan is, I'm more exhaust, like just exhausted. Yeah, would just I was like, oh, like I is there's an hour left? What is this? And all the jokes you could both telegraph and know that the punchline was going to be bad. Like I I don't know how else to describe it. Like words to try to describe this movie are hard to come by in, in a very bad way. Um, the first thing that made me laugh was when that I saw that Third Johnson, um, and this is going to be a thing that's going to make Ant chuckle. Um, Third Johnson was played by the uh, younger brother from Lizzie McGuire, um, and I thought, oh, so this is what he did with that little bit of fame he had. He went and made the Christmas Vacation sequel. Uh, it's a shame. Yeah. Um, <laughs> the rest of them just seemed to be there for a paycheck. Um, uh, the ones that had any kind of clout to their name um in this movie and it's just it doesn't work on any level like it makes no sense why their life is like this like and correct me if i'm wrong because i haven't seen paid too much attention to uh eddie's storyline in christmas vacation but isn't it that they live in the rv like yeah okay they gave up the dirt farm on that one he he lost the dirt farm but he traded it in he basically traded it in for the rv rv yeah, so it's like okay, now they have a house in Chicago. Like that's not their house. Oh, that's yeah, uh, that's Audrey's house. Right. Oh, okay. they're house sitting. They were house sitting. Got it. Okay, mm-hmm. that that shows you how much I paid attention to this movie. 
Um, well, you just missed the uh, the info dump in the first two minutes of the movie. <laughs> the only re- that's the only reason why Third has a has a girl that he's talking to in the opening scene. So she <laughs> he just info dumps on her. Oh man, it yeah this this is definitely a sequel, and as uh, Dan said, we have all watched some pretty bad sequels to things. I can't imagine the other two that lost the poll could be any worse than this one. Um, I don't like a lot of a lot of the Ed Asner stuff does not play well in 2021. Um, mm-hmm. A good bit of the jokes don't play well then, and definitely don't play well now. Um, and does uh, does does Fred Willard just like the need to be out of his house? Is that like? <laughs> You know, they're just like, hey, Fred, you can come on set for two days. God damn it. I got to get out of this house. Yes. Whatever. I don't care what it is. I think um, it just, I think it keeps him out of porno theaters. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's just whatever, whatever I got to do to not go back to that demon. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah. There's, there's so much um, to it's, yeah, I don't, I don't know. I, I guess this is like a producer had a whole bunch of money he earned. This feels like a very much a studio needs to make like a budget line or something by the end of the fiscal year. And they're like, hey, we got like $10 million to burn. Why don't we make a sequel to Christmas Vacation? Um, yeah, it's a TV movie, right? If I'm not mistaken, there's no way this was released in theaters. It was not released in theaters. I don't know if it was. I, it's got it's got commercial breaks from what it seemed like. So yeah. it probably was uh, aired somewhere. I, I just assumed it was like a direct to video. But yeah. now that I'm thinking of it, um, there were commercial break, like act breaks. It says yeah. TV movie on it. Yeah, I wonder where it aired. I'm going to look that up. I would say like Spike TV or like one of those channels. <laughs> what is uh, what is ABC run or like Freeform? Is that what it is? Oh, yeah. Back the in 2003, it was probably ABC Family at that point. Yeah, yeah the, the 25 Days of Christmas thing. Yeah, yeah. exactly. I love uh, one of the trivia notes of this movie is Beverly D'Angelo was asked to reprise her role as Ellen, and she said she couldn't because she had to take care of her children in New York. Yeah, I'm sure you did, Bev. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, no, I forgot. I need to take care of my my kids. Yeah, that's it. Oh, your your kids are all grown. No, no, no. Got it. Aren't they? They're sure they're okay. They're probably like 25, 30. No, no, yeah. I I don't know what you're talking about. I can't hear you. I got to go. I'm entering a tunnel. (laughs) It does have a TV rating of TV 14, so it must have been. Yeah. Yeah, I guarantee you if this was some kind of straight to DVD movie, we would have seen the the Asian lady naked at some point. Sure. No, like, I'm I'm shocked. So... I don't want to give too much credit here, Quaid, because, I mean, he's not, I don't think he's ever been a very good actor. He, he's been in some good movies, but he obviously, he played an iconic character in the Vacation movies, right? Mm-hmm. Cousin Eddie is an iconic character. Uh, he has some great lines in the original, in the first Christmas Vacation. It's, it's very funny, you know, uh, shitter's full. Everyone loves that fucking line. See it everywhere. Every time Christmas rolls around, that comes out. They ruined whatever. I don't. I don't know if it's dignity that this character had or gravitas. I might be giving too much credit, but goddamn it! Like, if you're a fan of Cousin Eddie, do not watch this movie. It will destroy whatever you thought of that character. It just absolutely ruins it. Uh, I got a little bit of a surprise for you guys. This was released and uh, aired December twentieth, two thousand three, on NBC. Get out of town. <laughs> yep, it what? was broadcast television. This oh, movie was. Dear God. Yeah. People sat down and watched this. Yep. What was December twentieth in two thousand three? Was this like a Sunday night movie? <laughs> Is that so? Then a few years later, or actually much later, right? Because now NBC does like the live action plays. Is that? It I was a Saturday. Like... It was a Saturday night. People wasted their Saturdays on this. Rolled right into the local news, and then Saturday Night Live probably aired their Christmas episode. <laughs> Jeez, if people were still watching NBC at that point. Yeah. Just that, the Nielsen ratings just tanked that day. This Nobody is, watched us. This was rough, and everyone that was in this movie deserved to never work again. Uh, I lucky, said the same thing! <laughs> lucky for Randy Quaid, his personality solved that, <laughs> that part of the equation for him. <laughs> And I think Ed Asner was just too old to give a shit, like if yeah. he worked or not. Like, yeah, if this is my, you know, this is my swan song, so be it. 
I think Ed Asner spent the last 20 years thinking he was going to die eventually. <laughs> like, it's got to be coming soon. Yeah. <laughs> that wasn't a line in the script. Roles. That wasn't a line in the script when he entered the movie. That was what he said every day he walked on set. <laughs> I'm, I'm just going to die. <laughs> I want to do it laying down. Yeah. <laughs> uh, oh, it's such a jarring movie. And again, the scenes take forever. Like, there's no cuts at the beginning when the, the plumbing goes bad. That scene's like a 10-minute long scene yeah. where they're just fighting the water bursting out of the, the um, out of the bathtub, trying to get in touch with the plumber. Oh, Jesus Christ, please move on to something else. And then they move on to the airplane. We're on yeah, the, the airplane. That took forever. The, the water, the fun, I guess the joke is that it's, now that I know it's not their house, I can see why they kept going with that joke. But I always thought the funnier joke would have been if the wife just fixed it immediately. Like she but, went in basically acting as if she was. Yeah. Yeah. And then I thought that would have been the funnier joke if she just like showing that she's the competent one. <laughs> like, oh, and another thing, we spend far too much time seeing Randy Quaid without his shirt on. <laughs> far too much. It's absolutely disgusting. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I I don't want to body shame anybody here. Oh, you there's, can definitely body shame Randy Quaid. There's no reason to see that. No one asked for that. There's a good chunk of the movie where he's not wearing a shirt. It's got to be like 20, 30 minutes of the movie. Um, the same guy that's released a sex tape. Was that when he was in Canada? Uh, I think so, right? He okay. he was seeking asylum in Canada. <laughs> famed porn star, famed Canadian porn star, Randy Quaid. Uh, yeah, it's there's no plot to this movie. Uh, yeah, the, the, the jokes are very bla, uh, blasé. Is, is that what I'm looking for? It's just gross, really. Uh, you know, obviously Ed Asner with the horny old man bit. Uh, I didn't, I, I had completely forgotten how many kids Cousin Eddie has. He's got like 12, right? Because they mention so many of the, and the, the one, the son's watching the daughter strip apparently at one point. Yeah, right. Uh, gross. And yeah, it's, it's, it was just a bad movie. I, I think that we could just boil it down to a bad movie, right? Yeah. Everything else that we review has at least some air of competence in a way. This has none of that. Yeah, this is rough. But at least we got to see the first Audrey again. Oh, I don't that know. Poor, that poor woman. This is the only time anyone has reprised their role as Audrey or the son, or Rusty is for this movie. That's right. Uh, yeah. Uh, and when she first walks onto the scene saying, I'm going to kill myself, dynamite entrance. Yeah. <laughs> that was awesome to hear. That's exactly what I want to see out of one of my main characters. I'm going to kill myself. All right. Just to realize the, what movie she was in. Was yeah. that character, again, as dumb in the original as she was in this movie? I mean, she was a, a teenage girl. So she was as dumb as a teenage girl can be, but she wasn't specifically stupid. I, in That makes sense because I think in the first... No, no, in the first movie, she was too young. Oh, she's from European Vacation, right? I thought she was from Vacation. I thought she was Just the original the, okay. Audrey. The, the Audrey in European Vacation is like constantly wanting to get in touch with her then boyfriend. Right. So the entire this entire movie, Audrey is lamenting about not having a boyfriend. Mm-hmm. Well, that her uh, her actual boyfriend was married. Oh, yeah, that's right. So yeah, that, that twist was terrible. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. The, 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 the what's her name? I don't want to ruin this poor Milwaukee. woman's name. Is it Milwaukee or is it like Mooka? Yeah, it has a different name. Just call her Milwaukee. Yeah. yeah. Like, oh, so her husband is living in Indianapolis? Yeah. What? Mooka Laka Miki. That, that feels racist, right? Yeah. It's gotta be. I think, didn't Eric Idle reprise his role as the English victim from European Vacation? Yep. Okay, that's a nice little nod there, I guess. It's what everybody wanted. Yeah. I feel bad for the people who, like, the main people who reprise their roles. That's tough sleddings. <laughs> It's like, that's where you're at in your life. Right, like Miriam Flynn, who plays his wife. Yeah, Catherine. Thankless. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then... 
place a $5 wager on any sport, you'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Job. Yeah. Right? She's she's always the wife. Yeah. And there's just that that weird, um, weird joke that they never really... Uh, address of like she does everything for the family. Yeah, like she's the one out shoveling while he's just eating a sandwich. I'm just like why? Right. Like why are we? Why are we supposed to be rooting for this obvious piece of shit? Yeah, <laughs> and he's in in every movie. He's basically portrayed as a loser. Right? He never has a job. He he doesn't know how to speak correctly. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, he's lazy. He's gross. Yeah. It's just, yeah. Well, again, the, the the proper vacation movies, he's funnier in because there's yeah. actual writers and Chevy Chase is in it. Beverly D'Angelo is in it. So I mean, good actors are in it. And he's also uh, not on screen for as long. For an hour and 28 minutes. That's, <laughs> yeah. that's a good point. Uh, yeah, you get him in small doses, but he obviously works much better with Clark, uh, with Chevy Chase's character. Yeah. Again, it, this is this is kind of like the uh, the Gotham show, right? Where uh, it just strictly portrays. It, it's from uh, Commissioner Gordon's point of view. Who gives a shit? I don't care about Cousin Eddie's point of view of, on anything. He's an idiot. <laughs> so, Christmas Vacation Two: Cousin Eddie's Christmas Island Adventure from 2003 is directed by Nick Mark, who did mostly TV, including Buffy and Veronica Mars. Directed a couple of a few episodes of both of those. Stars. Randy Quaid, Fred Willard, Miriam Flynn, Eric Idle, Angela Bennett, Roger Bumpus, Stephen First, Dana Barron, Ed Asner, Lee Sung-hee, and Julian Stone. Has an IMDb score of 2.7 and a Rotten Tomato score. No critic score, but a 12% audience. And I could not find any budget information. Um, But it looks cheap as fuck. Probably about a million dollars, I would say, if I had to guess. Yeah, pretty bad. I'm not looking forward to this, if I'm being honest. <laughs> when does it end it here? Oh, all right. I don't want to rehash this nightmare, this waking <laughs> nightmare. Uh, and it is it is produced by National Lampoon, so it's probably technically National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation to Cousin Eddie, uh, Eddie's Island Adventure. Such a short title. Yeah. Yeah, rolls off the tongue. <laughs> National Lampoon should stop making direct-to-video and apparently tv films they do a lot there's like a thousand uh um like these uh college movies senior trip dorm days barely legal all that kind of shit they also did van wilder right van wilder national lampoons van wilder yeah they're they're just they ride the coattails of the original vacation movies yeah they just ride that till you can't anymore i guess Uh, animal house obviously yeah. Oh, it, right. Animal House, off the being the bigger. I don't. Is it the bigger one? Probably Vacation. Probably made more, but both obviously well-known comedies. I feel like Animal House is more of a touchstone of uh, the culture than Vacation. Yeah. Yeah. Oh God. Well, I'm just looking at so National Lampoon Inc. Um, Gold Diggers, Dorm Days, Barely Legal, Going to Distance, The Almost Guys, Adam and Eve, Cattle Call, Electric Apricot, Quest for Festeroo, Pucked. Van Wilder of the Rise of Taj, The Beach Party at the Threshold of Hell, Stone Age, Totally Baked Potumentary, Bag Boy, One Too Many, Robodoc, Transylvania, Endless Bummer, Cheerleaders Must Die, Dirty Movie, Dictator's Son, Frat Chance, The Legend of Awesomest Maximus, Snatched, Surf Party, Drunk Stoned Brilliant Dead. God. It's just you you hurt me every with every single one of those. You, that last one's actually pretty good. That's a documentary. Which one was it? Uh, Drunk Stoned Brilliant Dead. That's a documentary about National Lampoon. Oh, how they got started and all that. Yeah, that's actually interesting. Yeah, that would actually make more sense why you would want to watch that. Mm-hmm. This is a nightmare. <laughs> it's just, 
I can't believe it. Yep, this sucks. You guys yeah. want to get into the plot? I know your answer to this question, but we got to do it anyway. <laughs> can, you, can you imagine a, a movie with Larry the Cable Guy, a, a Christmas sequel starring Larry the Cable Guy was probably infinitely better than what we watched? Get her done. Can you imagine that? Yeah. It's little... pure insanity. Yeah. It's hard to imagine that it is that it's worse than this. Yeah, it's hard to imagine anything worse. All right, let's get into the plot. What do you got for us, Dan? Oh, God. All right. Got to myself. All right. Um, go check out our friends, Tia and Brittany. They have their own podcast that is on Geek Vibes Nation and on YouTube. It's called Coffee Break with Tia. Tia and Brittany sit down, have very nice discussions on good movies and TV shows. They don't talk about what we're about to talk about. They, they wouldn't touch that with a 10-foot pole. Uh, they're very nice people, good friends of the podcast. Uh, Tia is the head writer for Geek Vibe Nation, gvnation.com. Brittany is a streamer at Itty Bitty Brit on Twitch. Go give them follows. Again, just super awesome people. Check them out. Okay, and we're going to take a quick break, and you guys are going to listen to some messages from friends of the podcast, and we will be back in a second. Hey, this is Ken M. Padawan J. Coach Duffy. From the Ocho Duro Parlay Hour podcast. Every week, the ODPH is talking sports, movies, TV, comics, and more. It's always a parlay of topics on each episode. You can find the ODPH on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Spotify, Stitcher, Podbean, and wherever you find great podcasts, such as the one you're listening to right now. Don't forget to check out OchoDuroParlayHour.com, where you can find the links to all of the ODPH social media accounts, links to the bands whose music you hear each week on the show, hashtag 607 podcast info, and parlay points are our companion block section of the show. Thanks for listening to the ODPH. Now get back to your regularly scheduled podcast. Welcome, travelers. Seems like you're looking for a story. Well, I got one for you. It involves adventure, friendship, and all hey, sorts hey, of... Uh, Earl, why don't you tell him about that time I stole that big-ass melon? Yeah, yeah, I, I was going for more... Or you could tell him about the time I kicked her ass, Earl. I wouldn't ever tell him Do I need to get time. my ref gear on? Okay, everyone, shut up. Now come with me. As I tell you a story from afar. Hey everybody, my name's David. I'm the DM for From Afar Podcast. A From Afar Podcast is all about four friends separated by distance, brought together by adventure. Hope you all stop by and give us a listen. Thanks. And welcome back. Now it's time to get into this week's plot for Christmas Vacation 2, Cousin Eddie's Christmas Island Adventure. We open on Chicago, Illinois, as we see a suburban street decorated for Christmas. We then cut to Clark Griswold Johnson, named after his mom's cousin's husband, uh, we'll refer to as third for the rest of the movie. He's talking to a girl from class as they're walking back from school, and he gets to info dump to us exactly why he's in Chicago. It's supposed to be house-sitting Audrey's house while she's visiting her boyfriend in Indiana. This girl asks what his dad does, and he says he's in nuclear testing. She thinks he's a scientist, and third says not exactly. So then we cut to Eddie strapped to a machine along with a chimp and scientist Fred Willard is telling someone else that the research is to inject the subjects with nuclear waste and test how it affects their brains. And naturally, the chimp is smarter than Eddie as the chimp houses him in several games of tic-tac-toe. Then later, Fred Willard brings Eddie and the chimp into his office to let Eddie know that they're stopping the experiment due to lack of funding right before Christmas, too. How it always is. Yep. One day left to retirement. Uh, Eddie goes back to the house and laments his plight as his family tries to cheer him up, except for the third doesn't really feel bad for him because he's smart enough to realize his dad is a failure. Yeah. At night in bed, his wife, Catherine tries to cheer him up some more. And then he decides to take a bath because he can't sleep. Hijinks ensues as Eddie turns a simple thing like taking a bath into an absolute disaster. So as he pulls the knob off the wall, which starts a chain reaction of all the bathroom fixtures come shooting off the walls, spraying water everywhere. Catherine tries to use some tools to fix the problem, and then he goes to call the 24-hour plumbing hotline as the situation in the bathroom continues to get worse. And that's it. That it doesn't seem to solve any... Nothing gets solved. And then we just cut to the next scene. And he goes back to the lab and begs for his job back, and in the process offends the chimp, who then bites Eddie in the ass. So to pay him off, Fred Willard sends the whole family on an all-expenses paid trip to the South Pacific. Third is not too pleased to go on a trip, and he wants to stay with Audrey for the holiday. And just like that, Audrey comes home from Indiana and announces that she wants to kill herself and breaks down crying. Such comedy. Mm-hmm. 
Turns out her Indiana boyfriend was married and they broke up as one does when they find out that their Indiana boyfriend is married. We also find out that Eddie's metal plate is now radioactive because of the testing. There's a running joke of Catherine having to do all the work around the house, including shoveling because Eddie is an unrepentant deadbeat. And she either, either that snow or real snow or fake snow was pretty bad or that woman has never shoveled before because she kept almost face planting throughout the, the entire scene with, with Audrey. Sure. Later. I'm sorry. There's also a weird running gag where everybody says Merry Christmas when something bad happens. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't get it. Is it yeah, are, are, are you are you part of the war on Christmas, Dan? No, I just don't understand what the gag is. Is it like, oh, here's something bad, but Merry Christmas. Is that it? That's the joke. That's it, right? That's the joke. It's not funny. <laughs> <laughs> Well, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe there's going to be a theme. There's going to be a theme of this episode of that's not funny. Yeah, I wish we we should have a counter for things that are just not funny. We're already at ten, ten things. Yeah. Yeah. I think this movie is an hour and twenty eight minutes of not funny things. Yeah, strap in. <laughs> Later, Uncle Nick shows up. Ed Asner, dressed in a Santa suit, apparently his wife of fifty years ran off with a twenty eight year old Christmas tree delivery man, so he wants to stay with them instead. And then he goes on the trip with them, too. They all pile into the cab, including Snots, who is now gassy because of his medication, which comes in handy because his farts make the entire airport clear out, which allows him to skip the line that the people are vacating. Yeah, and just to double back to one thing real quick, um, a lot of these, like, the, the jobs of people or descriptions of people just felt like these people were in a, a boardroom just, you know, throwing darts at index cards on a wall it's like uh the the person they run away with is a christmas tree delivery salesman all right let's put that in hmm. <laughs> yeah as they go through airport security eddie knocks eric idle onto the belt with a bag and then knocks him over again after he helps him back up and then the security wand gets stuck to eddie's metal plate on the plane audrey is having a real hard time with her breakup and eddie assaults eric idle once again as he tries to open his bag of peanuts they land, and there are girls there giving them lays, whom are assaulted by Uncle Nick. And we are introduced to Muka Lakamiki, a representative of the agency, who's also assaulted by Uncle Nick, who you just know has old man breath. Yeah, old man what? stink. Is it, is it cigarettes and whiskey on him, or different kind of alcohol? Yeah, it's it's probably bourbon and denture cream. Yeah, it's, it's a go. brown liquor. It's some brown yeah. liquor. Yeah. Once they're all settled, Muka picks the family up to show them around the island. They go to the beach for a luau and meet Melbourne Jack, the Australian owner of a hotel that is far too dressed for the weather. Audrey is immediately smitten and basically forces Jack to give her a tour of the beach. Then the family goes to take a boat ride, but the boat captain had to go deliver his own baby. But he left the keys in case someone is able to drive the boat. So Uncle Nick does. Yes. (laughs) Uncle Nick says he can and then takes an hour to figure out how to turn on the boat. Finally, leave the dock after forgetting to unhook it from the dock, and they had to open water. And Uncle Nick realizes that he doesn't see a compass on board. So they decide to go back to land, but then Eddie, who has been fishing off the boat, hooks a shark, which then drags the boat all over the place. Uncle Nick puts down the throttle to start pulling the shark. The fishing line snaps eventually, and they wreck on land. They don't That's know what island is. What was that? That's another scene that takes entirely too long. Yep. All these gags that are just extended for way too long. Oh man, bad and like bad CGI and clear. It's clearly green screen. Terrible acting throughout. It's just a recipe for disaster. Yeah. They don't know what island they've crashed landed on, but Muka is apparently really from Milwaukee, and they decide to go on land and search for anything. But they forget to anchor the boat, so it drifts away. This is the exact plot point of an episode of Full House where they went to Hawaii. And they lost the boat because they forgot to um, anchor it down. Anchor it down. Yep. And then they also find that they are on the right island, just the wrong side of it. So it's the exact plot of the Full House episode where they go to Hawaii. <laughs> Maybe they were watching that episode while waiting. <laughs> uh, there are less beach, beach Boys in this in this movie, though. Oh, yeah. I, yeah, I, I see your point. Yeah. Muka explores the island and comes back that says she found a freshwater stream and a good place to camp for the night. So they all go to sleep, but not before Uncle Nick makes more unwanted advances on Muka. In the morning, Eddie accidentally builds a fire, then he and Third go out with handmade spears to hunt for food. On the hunt, both Third and Uncle Nick stumble upon Muka bathing in a lake, and they both stare at her doing so for way too long. 
probably acceptable for a third because he's a kid. Not acceptable for Uncle Nick. <laughs> but who's a dirty, dirty old? Yep. They all make it back to the beach without any spoils from the hunt. And they all lament the fact that they're stuck on the island for Christmas. But Mooka says they should have an island Christmas, which we already established. She's from Milwaukee, so she probably doesn't know what she's talking about. But Can she I says, just say real quick, yep. my heart breaks for this actress who plays Milwaukee. Yeah. Yeah. It's, no one should have to be subjected to what she's subjected to in this. <laughs> it's, yeah. It's very thankless. It's heartbreaking. It really is. It's yeah. like, man, you get assaulted. You're, it's almost like your heritage is just being trampled on in a way. Yeah. It's I bad. Wonder, I wonder how many takes uh, Ed Asner made them do for that scene where they fall on top of each other you know i don't think he would he's a professional right i don't think he's that kind of guy i would hope not right yeah nothing has been nothing has been told of ed asner where he was a legit creepy old man everyone seemed to really love him i'm i'm hoping it was just maybe he even like objected to it like hey you know i'm I'm sorry i have to do this i I was on mary tyler moore have you ever seen it Uh, she hasn't worked since 2009. Okay. She played Ferrari in The Girl Next Door, though. Uh, that's with Elijah Cuthbert? Yep. Yeah, cool. That movie wasn't terrible. Mooka says, Island Christmases are just giving thanks for all you have in life. So, they talk about what they like about their lives, I suppose, and they decide that they should build a house on the island. Eddie decides that he needs a real Christmas dinner, so he goes out to hunt again. Comes across a pig and goes trouncing through the woods, chasing after it. And then he comes across the mother of that pig, which chases him up a tree. And the tree branch breaks right on top of the mom and Eddie inadvertently kills it. They cook up the boar and everyone has such heartfelt things to say to each other, even Eddie, who is a failure. And it's Christmas and they exchange the best gifts they could conjure up on the island. Third makes a spear to give to Eddie and Eddie gives Audrey lipstick he took out of her purse. And then they sing Hark the Herald Angels Sing and pass out some booze that Eddie made with some bourbon and other things. And then they christen the house with the breaking of a coconut. They all go into, oh, go, then they all go into the house and the house falls apart when they shut the door. And then we get a commercial break and then Eddie comes back and they take a nap. And we use footage that we've seen before. It was really weird. I thought my the, the clip had uh, like uh, errored. So going yeah. back to the beginning and he imagines himself in some sort of Tarzan esque silent movie where he saves Catherine from the chimp. And if this scene didn't s- exist, we would have had a movie that was two minutes shorter. <laughs> and then he wakes up and then they see a plane and it's Melbourne Jack and he lands and he tells them he was just checking out his hotel, which is two miles away from where they were on the same island, just like that full house episode. And for some reason, Jack and Eddie are walking around and decide to move a rock and Eddie drops the rock on Jack's foot and then knocks him down a hill. After falling down the hill, Jack composes himself to fly them out to safety. Then while flying, Jack has an obvious concussion, which Eddie ignores and Jack falls asleep while flying. So Eddie has to take the controls. Air traffic control gets on the radio and talks them through doing an emergency landing and Eddie's an idiot, so he doesn't do a good job. Basically any other passenger on this plane should be talking to air traffic control after buzzing the tower in a sequence that goes way too long eddie lands the plane in the bay and then we find out that mooka is the wife of audrey's indiana boyfriend at the hotel nick's wife shows up and probably fucked a 28 year old they visit jack at the hospital and turns out he's married with five kids much to audrey's chagrin and they meet the air traffic controller who has had a nervous breakdown because of eddie Eddie gets invited to the island headquarters of the testing facility, and Fred Willard offers Eddie a job as the chimp goes on vacation. But Eddie says he has a new job. And then we see Eddie and the chimp fly a plane upside down. And that's the end. Christmas vacation to Cousin Eddie's Christmas Island Adventure. Record time. Yeah, Fuck this yeah. movie. Yeah. <laughs> that's, it, it just ends that way. And again, the airplane scene, entirely too long. And they made the air traffic controller a, a goddamn idiot. Yeah. It, like he, he forgets that they're in a a seafaring boat, like a, a seafaring plane. plane. Yeah, it was yeah. a seaplane. Oh yeah, I forgot. What? Why? What was the point of adding that? What's the yeah. point of making the air traffic controller an idiot? What was the point of making third a genius? Supposedly, and he solves nothing. Yep. I thought that was the whole point of this movie. Was all right. The son's a genius. The the dad's an idiot. So the son's going to have to basically, you know, it, it's like Lisa and Homer, right? Right. Everywhere together. Lisa's usually the one solving the problems. Homer's just 
bundling his way through everything. Bungling his right. way through everything. It should have been like he maybe he was the one that lands the plane. Right. You know. Yeah. But we like, but like I guess we wouldn't have had that hilar we wouldn't have had that hilarious trying to land the plane scene then. Yeah. And is they they said Audrey was helping Jack out. Audrey blowing Jack? <laughs> he cuz she wasn't by his mouth. <laughs> maybe we got to go back and watch it. Yeah. Yes, that's exactly what I'm going to do, Ant. <laughs> like holy shit holy shit it was bad everything about it no laughs there was no laughs in this movie to be had nope I, i'm usually I and i'm usually the positive one on this podcast it just doesn't make any sense <laughs> no right because he cousin eddie has some pretty good lines in christmas vacation the, the first christmas vacation yeah it seems like a whole bunch of jokes that were like just left on the like cutting room floor from other National Lampoon movies, and they yeah. threw it together. I wonder yeah. if this movie. These, like these kind of movies are like where certain writers cut their teeth. You know, uh, hey. this was not a young writer, uh, no. so we can't even use that excuse. He was the writer of this movie. He's not a writer by trade, Maddie Simmons, but he is the producer for basically every other vacation movie. Oh, oh so this was the producer. It's like a, the, a mattress salesman or something. This was like the this was like the producer saying, "I could do that." Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's got uh, he's a he's a producer on Animal House, uh, European va- Vacation, European Vacation, basically all, mo- a lot of National Lampoon stuff, Vegas Vacation, Christmas Vacation. So he's got his name on that. He has six writing credits, all of which I believe are um, National Lampoon's movies, except for. <laughs> There's one random credit here that is completely different than everything else. Baby Huey's Great Easter Adventure. Baby Great Easter Adventure. Yeah, you know who Baby Huey is? That, like, giant duck cartoon baby? It sounds familiar. Well, this yes. is live action. Um, <laughs> baby, Hue- A boy and his friends must save Baby Huey from the evil plans of a Las Vegas producer and the high school ornithologist. Mm. I don't know. That sounds very bad. Jeez, Louise. put it in the poll. <laughs> oh God, no! Oh man, this has this has a lot of uh, people we've uh, we've covered before. It's got Harvey Corman, who was in Star Wars Holiday Special. David L. Lander, who's Squiggy, so from uh, that one clown movie we watched. Oh, at the carnival, right? Yeah. Uh, it's got Maureen McCormick, Marsha Brady herself, uh, John Vernon, Lorraine Newman, no man, Stuart Pankin, who we've covered. He was in Dirt Bike Kid. Man, this is a who, who's who. Yeah. A TC Tam who's who. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I think this this was kind of how Mark said it. You know, like, hey, we have, you know, X amount of money to do something here. Let's just throw this shit together. People love Cousin Eddie. Uh, it's just it's just a poor attempt at pretty much everything, right? Like bad green screen, bad acting, bad writing, bad story. There is no story. Like, there's no there's no plot where cousin Eddie is an idiot and comes out better on the other side for it. He's just an idiot throughout the entire movie. Yeah, um, one of those movies where he didn't learn a lesson. Yeah, no one learns a lesson. Not even Uncle Ned, right? Because he takes his cheating wife back. <laughs> uh, uh, I mean, I get why she left him because he sucks, right? He's yeah. oh, like, after you're done massaging me, go make me a proper meal, woman. Yeah, I would have left you for a 28 year old dude too. What you was the, what was the what was the knowing nod between yeah. the wives though? That's the that's one question. <laughs> what was that? <laughs> Catherine realizes that she's gonna murder cousin Ned. <laughs> like I'm gonna kill him. Okay. <laughs> Oh, that's just good family fun. Yeah, that was that was a weird <laughs> moment. It was like, like, was it? I wasn't sure. It was supposed to be, oh, that's why you were you ran off with that twenty eight year old. Sure, to right. like because it wasn't like Uncle Nick was like, oh, I'm sorry, baby, I'm going to start treating you better, and then like wink to Catherine and just like, oh, see, she was she had a plan. No, it was right. just like. We're back in the same shit we were before I went and fucked that 28-year-old. Well, so now what's going to happen is she's just going to constantly belittle him. Like, that 28-year-old was so much better than you. He was packing heat, blah, blah, blah. He really <laughs> stuffed my chimney. Like, fuck you. 
His uncle Nick too old now to really care. I mean, he just he literally the first thing he wanted to do was just die. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. As soon as he's on, he's on the market as like a, a single person, not so much like I'm gonna get some tails. Like I just want to fucking die. Right. But they were gonna stay on the island because Asner's character has a throwaway line to third. Like third's like, oh, we're 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 rescued. We're gonna be saved. And he says, saved from what? Oh, I thought he was going to say, oh, I'm just going to stay on the island. Fuck it. I got nothing to live for. I'm just going to hang out on a paradise. No, nope. yeah. no, everyone just goes back to being their shitty old selves. And we are lesser for it <laughs> as a nation. Yeah. All right. So, this has a 12% rating, right? Yeah. All that right, means there were people out there, sat down, probably watched this movie more than once and enjoyed it. Yeah. Let's see. Sad. Let's see That's scary. Is. Those people should yeah. be hunted down. Yeah. They should be at least quarantined. <laughs> Stupid is contagious, right? It, it, it reminds me of the, the people in Boston that I worked with who said that Jupiter Ascending was better than Guardians of the Galaxy. <laughs> Those are the people who gave this a 12%. This movie's great. So much better than the first vacation. 500, yeah. 500 people have rated this? I believe 500 people watched it. No verified. Good Christmas vac- Good Christmas Vacation sequel is better than European Vacation and Vegas Vacation. Stop. Ages 10 plus. Stop. Stop. I'm begging you, watch these. They Three did not stars. watch this. <laughs> <It> was- <laughs> I'm trying to think who could have possibly left that. Was it Jake Thomas who plays third? <laughs> <laughs> possibly. I'm trying to see if there's one out really outlandish score. Um, 10 out of 10. It's about as good as you'd expect from a low budget sequel to Christmas Vacation centered on Cousin Eddie. No. The expectations aren't high, but it does have a few good moments. It doesn't. It really doesn't. I wanted to see what the letterboxed was. (laughs) It's 1.2 on uh, letterboxed. That's still too high. Where do you get the one star from? (laughs) Let's see. Uh, okay, this ain't nothing like the original Christmas Vacation, but it's a fun flick and a good spinoff. Terrible. Oh, it, it was good. However, they should have had Chevy Chase and the rest cast in it, like all the rest of movies. Would have would have made it much more funnier. That was fun to listen to. <laughs> <laughs> that must have been a good read right there. Yep. Uh, I, I haven't found like a five star. Yeah. Yeah, I don't believe there are any. Yeah, like everything on the letterbox is like shitters full, shitters full. So again, this this character, it's a well-known character. Every and there were people who liked him, and I guess they just kind of rolled with it. Hey, everybody liked him in this movie. Let's push our luck. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it just nothing nothing came together for it. And you know, you blame it on everybody. <laughs> yeah. yeah, like right, this is a team effort at failure. Yeah, yeah. Randy Quaid didn't do anything to help it. Miriam Flynn is just helpless regardless. She can't do anything in this movie. She's Catherine. She's never had anything good. Right, yeah. She's basically just, I'm here. I'm collecting a paycheck. I gotta deal with Randy Quaid. Yeah, she dried out the turkey. Right, that was pretty... (laughs) Save the neck for me, Clark. Uh, Man. Jake Thomas ever act again? Third Johnson? Uh... I thought I saw him something. I'm all... I'm I'm all deep in my, uh... Maddie Simmons uh, rabbit hole. I got to back up a little bit. He's, he was nominated for something. Did he win? In 2002, he won a Young Artist Award. For Lizzie for... McGuire, probably. No. Oh, really? Uh, for AI Artificial Intelligence. I had no clue he was in that movie. Supporting young actor. Hmm. He was nominated for Lizzie McGuire. He's he in two win. episodes of the new Lizzie McGuire. Oh. Did that ever actually happen? It's announced. He must be pretty happy. I can't imagine he must have been doing much. He was in an episode of your favorite show, Ant, The Secret Life of the American Teenager. <gasps> Such a good movie. Such a good show. <laughs> the last time he acted was in 2019. He was in an episode of SWAT. It's very few. It's very slim pickings for for our boy, for Johnson. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right, let's get out of here. Dan, sure. why don't you plug your show? Uh, I, yeah, I don't really have much to plug. Uh, we, we're pretty much finishing up our... Uh, extra life campaign, correct, Mark? It it ends on yeah. New Year's, so uh, December thirty first, yes, December thirty first. So we're gonna be doing another stream for that. Try to you know push us over the edge, get us over our two thousand dollar mark. If you can join us, that'd be great. Hang out with us. We're gonna be playing a few games on Twitch, uh, on Game Vault Pod. Uh, yeah, and yeah, that that'll be it. Hopefully, we can make our goal and and uh, help the kids out. Yeah. And we have uh, Stranger Damies, our D&D podcast. Final episode airs next Wednesday. Um, coming up here. 
Uh, so be sure to check that out. The whole back catalog will be there for at least a year because apparently my Podbean subscription renewed today. So um, you guys will be able to listen to back episodes for another full year. Um, yay. Um, so <laughs> follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Stranger Damies. Um, we're still going to be continuing the campaign. So if you are interested in the story, we'll be updating with photos and posts there. Um, and then we have our gaming podcast, the Game Vault Podcast, um, airs every other Monday. Um, we're on Instagram and Twitter, all socials really at Game Vault Pod. We do have a Twitch channel, twitch.tv uh, slash Game Vault Pod. We stream three uh, nights a week. Um, so you have Mondays, Wednesdays, and Thursdays. Um, we're going to have a special stream. I believe the day this episode airs um, uh, for a final push for the Extra Life campaign. Um, so join us. It's going to start early afternoon and go through um, probably six hours or so. Um, it'll be jump in and jump out. Um, the main event will be um, we'll be doing Jackbox a little after 9 p.m. if you're just looking forward to that. So, yeah, that's about it. Okay, great. And we are They Called This a Movie. You can find us on all your podcast streaming apps just by searching They Called This a Movie. We are also the themaindamey.com. That is our main website. And it's also how you get in touch with us on socials. So that is Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Just search The Main Damey and we'll pop right up. We are a proud member of Geek Vibes Nation. You can find them at gbnation.com and on all socials and all podcast streaming apps just by searching Geek Vibes Nation. Tons of great shows. If you're into geek stuff, there's surely a show for you. We are on TikTok. You can find us at They Called Smoothie on TikTok, where we post some short little videos of our show. And that's They Called Smoothie. You can find us there. Give us a follow and uh, give us some likes on those videos. Uh, if you got a chance, if you got some time, go on your podcast podcaster of choice and give us a five star review. I know Spotify is now doing reviews. So if you got if you're listening to this on Spotify, I don't think it takes much to just uh, click that five star button would help us out a great deal. If you have any questions, comments, you want to suggest a movie to us, hit us up at the main name at gmail.com. And uh, yeah, that's basically every way to get a hold of us. Um, and that's going to wrap it up this week. The movie this week was Christmas Vacation 2, Cousin Eddie's Christmas Island Adventure, directed by Nick Mark. So for Dan Aquino and Mark Myers, this is Anthony Novecchio telling Nick Mark, well, you certainly made a movie, didn't you? MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C.